Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag Sexy Saturday Edition. Today, we're going to talk about Marion Cotillard, the French seductress. Now, Maria Cotillard is 47 years old. I would say that her peak in terms of, of beauty was in late 90s, early knots, like most women in their 20s. But in terms of her relevance in Hollywood, it'd likely be in the late knots to early teens. She does have an Academy Award for her portrayal of Edith Piaf in La Vie en Rose. I guess I'm going to have to work on a lot of my French in this episode. I did take French when I was in college um, 25 years ago, but I do relatively know how to pronounce things. So why do I like Miss Cotillard? Well, I think she just has a very unique beauty. Like like a lot of the women here, like they either go in one of two ways. And one of them is going to be the doe-eyed, Elle Fanning, young Amanda Seyfried kind of type. And then I also kind of like the women with a little of the... But not too much of the of the sexy. Like Angelina Jolie will never, ever, ever be in Sexy Saturday. Okay, just 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 know now. But I do like them when they're they, they do have a little of the exotic look. Like I talked about with Eva Green. Eva Green's got a little of the kind of exotic look. But I don't like the overtly sexy look. And I think Peak Cotillard was not overtly sexy just she just has very unique features she just has the the pretty blue eyes and i do like the blue eye brown hair combination though we always think of kind of the blue eye blonde hair combo as kind of the iconic beauty but i i think there's something to be said about blue eyes and brown hair or blue eyes and raven hair and yes you know i'm not stupid to think that actresses die you know don't dye their hair you think of someone like amy adams amy adams is famous for being a redhead and she's not a redhead we talked about that on the Amy Adams episode. So Cotillard just has a, a unique, and I would say her beauty too is very Euro. She has, just has a very European look to her, a very European face to her. It just is very, maybe just satisfies my, 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 you know, occasional thirst for the, you know, the, the French kind of aloof, distant, but sexy, but diffident euro french woman and maybe cotillard kind of fits that and not to mention i think that she is a good actress and we are gonna do her little retrospective here to look at her career uh, but she is currently 47 years old as i mentioned and she has two children we'll talk about her personal life in a second and she doesn't really act anymore now she says she's acting to focus on her children but we also know she made this decision five years ago when she was around 42 years old and this is around the age where especially women known for their beauty they get put out to pasture and we have previous episodes on this and if you don't believe me look at someone like ashley judd you don't see her acting anymore look at look i mean look up bridget fonda look what she looks like now cameron diaz retired then unretired for this jamie fox movie then re-retired again (laughs) so 
there, there reaches a point where even the, the most beautiful women realize that they're just not going to get the roles. And the thing about Cotillard is Cotillard will always have a career in France because that's where she's from and that's where she got her start. And she'll, she's a beautiful woman. She's going to age well. But in terms of like Hollywood, major Hollywood movies, I think that I think maybe that time uh, has kind of gone away. So let's look at her filmography. Now, of course, given that the large majority of her films are French, uh, I probably have not seen most of these. She does sing, of course, if you think of Edith Piaf, but we're really not going to talk about her singing career. So she's been around so long. She was in Highlander, the TV series Highlander that's based on the movie about the Scottish Highlander. That's how long she's been around. She did her first English language role in the TV series Highlander. And that was back in 1993. And she would have been 18 back then. But she got kind of her big break if in terms of French cinema uh, in the movie Taxi. Again, I don't know these movies. Uh, then she did Taxi 2 in 2000. Then she did... These movies, Taxi 3, A Private Affair, Love Me If You Dare in 2003. And these are French movies. Then she does Big Fish. Big Fish is her first English film. And that is the one done by Tim Burton. It's got Ewan McGregor in it and Albert Finney, Jessica Lange, and Helena Bonham Carter. Because, you know, if at this time, if Burton's doing it, Helena Bonham Carter is going to have some role in it. And then probably her most famous in terms of English movies, are going to become in the, the late knots and early teens. Now, there is a small movie she did with Ridley Scott in 2006 called A Good Year. And this is a, a, uh, a romantic comedy that is unique because Russell Crowe did a romantic comedy. And it's a, he's like a, a stuffy... And I've seen this movie. It's a cute movie because it takes place in Provence. He's a stuffy guy, like like a stock mark broker, stockbroker guy, and he's uptight. And he grew up in a, a villa in Provence with his uncle, and his uncle dies. So he's got to go to Provence, and his goal is just to sell it and make as much money as he can from the wine. But then he remembers when he's there, like all the, the memories he has as a child. And he meets the local waitress played by Marion Cotillard. And of course, any man, especially uptight British dudes, are going to fall in love with Marianne Cotillard. So it's it's this thing where part of him wants to go back to England to be the rich douchebag that he is. But then he is beguiled, as any man would be, with Cotillard. And then, so that's the movie. And again, Russell Crowe can be exceedingly charming, especially if you see it early in his career. Now he's doing like the Pope's Exorcist and, you know, his career... He's one of those where we talk about like women don't age well, but man, Crowe's not aging well, but he'll still get he'll still get roles, right? Because he's Russell Crowe and he can always find a role. But that's probably where I first noticed her. Then she does Le'Veon roles, and that was in 2007. I can't believe it's been 15 years. I have not seen that movie. I am familiar with Edith Piaf. Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is... The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20, 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. I am familiar with her songs and I think she, you know, she's great, but it's not really my cup of tea. Then in 2009, she does big, big, big movie, Public Enemies. This is the movie with Johnny Depp and Christian Bale. And it's directed by Michael Mann. So, she, you know, she's moving her she's moving her way up. She's moving her way up here. And so that's a good movie. Then she does, you know, she's always doing French movies still. Then she does Nine in 2009. And Nine is the movie by Rob Marshall from Chicago fame. And... Uh, it's, it's a romantic comedy, musical drama that is kind of like, it's based on Fellini's semi-autobiographical movie, Eight and a Half. And it's got a lot of famous people in it. It's got Daniel Day-Lewis. It's, you know, it's one of Day-Lewis's movies that maybe doesn't click as well as his other movies. But I mean, look, Kate Hudson, Nicole Kidman, Sophia Loren, Cotillard, Penelope Cruz. Again, I have not seen this movie, uh, but it... I do know that it was well received and and generally you know famous movie. Then she does Inception, of course. That's Nolan's movie with DiCaprio in 2010. So she's just on a roll right now. Midnight in Paris. That's the Woody Allen movie with Owen Wilson. She's got a role in that. She's got a role in Contagion, the the movie that made COVID look legit. Then she does 2012 Rust and Bone. That was a I believe that was more of a Frenchy movie. Then she does Dark Knight Rises. She's Miranda Tate in that movie. Again, so that's a big Nolan going back to Mont Nolan again. Then she does The Immigrant, which is a great movie by James Gray. James Gray is, I think, an underrated director, but it's got Joaquin Phoenix and Jeremy Renner, and it's a great movie. I love his Lost City of Z. That's that's probably my favorite James Gray movie. But uh, she has a small role in Anchorman too. She's part of the fight, the fight scene, the cameo there. And then later on, it's just, you know, as she gets older, she's she's going back to more of the French movies. And then she, I, the last movie I really remember her is Allied. Allied is the movie where she's the French spy and marries Brad Pitt's World War II. He is a American spy or intelligence officer. And then she marries, uh, during World War II, Cotillard's character. And then she is told that, or he is told that she is a spy. And so he needs to figure out if she is in fact a spy before she figures out that he figures out she's a spy. And I think the concept of the movie is good. I don't know if it's executed that well, but I find it enjoyable because it's World War II kind of film noir. She's also in Assassin's Creed, which is not a good movie with one of my favorite actors, Michael Fessbender. And those are both in 2016. Then after that, you just don't really see her do anything that's uh, that famous. And she does a lot of uh, French stuff now. And, and as I mentioned, 2018, 
Uh, she decided to kind of retire to focus on her kids. Last thing I want to talk about is her personal life. She dated a bunch of French dudes that I do not know. Julien Rassom and then Stéphane Guérin-Tillier in 2005 to 2008. Then she dated French singer Sinclair from 2005 to 2007. Since 2007, she's been with French actor and director Guillaume Canet. And they are not married, but they've been together since 2007. And they have two children, one Marcel born in 2011, and then Louise in 2017. And around that time when she gave birth, she said that she was going to retire from the acting to focus on the kids, which I think is laudable. So in closing, Marianne Cotillard is always going to be a unique beauty. She's beautiful. She's exotic. She is French. And I think at her peak, she was just very, very hot, but also quite lovely and beautiful. Guys, I'll post a poll over at the Cinema Rack Facebook group. You let me know what you think about Marianne Cotillard and her work. There's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal. Make a donation. The other one is a, a link to the website to catch all the feeds of the Gregorio Eclectico or Eclectico Gregorio series. And please, if you really appreciate this content and all, rate and review on Spotify or Apple. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to the Cinema Rack. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.